This is CliffCentral.com. It's time to turn our attention to Anthea, who has uh, the usual money update for us, but it's uh, it's never usual in the world of finance. There's always something going on, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, and she's going to help us figure our way through it right now. Here she is, Anthea Gardner, The Money Shot. So hard for it, honey. She was hard for the money, so you better treat her right. Okay, what do you got for us, Anthea? Good morning. Good morning. I have some good news this morning. Yes. Yay, yep. muffins. No. Yeah. <laughs> will, you, will you take that the market's up 1%? Not nearly as good what as the muffins. Clearly. Oh, I'm so we sorry, Ben. <laughs> is that, is that well, a big enough story? That's okay. And inflation came in at 4.6%. We were expecting 4.8%. Okay. Yay, that's great. Small right? victories, but we'll take them. That, that's fairly huge. You know, considering last year this time, we were worried about the drought, worried about meat going up 16%. So yep. I, I'm quite happy with that. So the, the inflation rate is now well within the Reserve Bank's target band of between 3 and 6%. Okay. However, the Reserve Bank governor did say on Thursday that he thinks we're past the low point of the current cycle in the inflation rate, so he's basically looking for higher inflation. The Reserve Bank have cut growth forecasts for the country from 1.7% to 1.2% for this year, so we still need GDP growth. So all these nice things with inflation coming through, and we can now spend, but we need to see some growth. He really, the governor really was worried about two main things. One, the oil price, which mm-hmm. is still trending very much higher, and two, trade wars, which I want to talk about in a minute. All right. Um, luckily, though, the Reserve Bank kept the interest rate on hold. They had their meeting on Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday announced that they'd keep it on hold. But they did say be careful. You know, um, yeah, he calls it geopolitical risk. I mean, yeah. the reality of, it's, of it is it's trade wars, right? And... They've been, we spoke about trade wars last week. So, you know, um, initially Trump came out of NAFTA or NAFTA, um, and then he implemented a 25% increase on steel, 10% on aluminium imports. Then China retaliated and put a 10% increase on goods. Then Europe retaliated. Then Trump retaliated again, putting another oh my 10%. God. So that's how it's gone, right? Okay. So this is mostly what steel. Um, no, all sorts of goods. Badger oh. hair is my oh, yeah, favorite you, you one. That I one. spoke yeah. about that last week. The shaving brushes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I begin. So I, I kind of went and had a did a little bit of research on just what it is about that trade wars do. And it's not the first time America's got into trade battles, right? In the mm-hmm. last I don't know how many years, we've had Reagan, we've had Bush. They've all implemented trade wars. The one that caught my eye though was the Smoot Hawley Act of 1930. And basically, what is the Smoot Hawley? I know it's a terrible name, right? <laughs> so it's named after two congressmen who were fighting for their own counties at the time. So one one wanted protectionism on his manufacturing; the other one wanted protectionism on. Oh, I can't remember how it started. There was there was another. I don't know. Call it farming, for example. All right. And basically, it just became, in Congress, this big, I'll give you this if you give me that. Trade wars started. Then they started implementing it from America all the way through to the other countries. Um, so they went, Japan, they attacked, well, attacked, I'll call it attacked, um, 
implemented imposed trade wars sure. on, I should say. And basically, the economists and commentators are saying that it wasn't the catalyst for the 1930s depression, but it certainly made it worse. Mm-hmm. And then other other um, commentators went on to say that actually, because of Smoot-Hawley Act and because of this nationalism that ensued, it actually was part of what caused World War II. Really? Yeah, that's what they're saying. So they're drawing this line, this thread between this 1930 Act of Smoot-Hawley, which basically was trade protectionism, right, all the way through to World War II. And when you read, I mean, I'm not a great storyteller, but when you read it, you you can actually see how it all unfolds and what happens. So it sounds quite scary because it could, you know, it could be important for other things that might happen. We see Trump ratcheting up the war talk around Iran this morning, which is bound to send oil prices up again. Uh, watch that space. Let's yeah, see what happens. European American nationalism, anti-immigration. Yeah, there you go. All right. Should we talk a little bit about company news then on that note? Yeah, let's. <laughs> Leave that behind. Let's, um, and, and we must address Krista Visa as well. Let's talk company got, news first and get He's to got Christo. SARS problems. Okay, so let's go to companies. I mean, the man has enough problems. Jeez. Right? Jeez. And how? There's a song about this, right? And SARS isn't one of them? Oh, SARS <laughs> is one of them. So, first of all, MTM and MTN announced that they're selling their Cyprus unit to Monaco Telcom for 260 million euros. This is very much in line with MTN kind of getting rid of their non-core, and not just non-core, but non-performing, I should say, because actually Telecom is core to what they do. Right. What's interesting, I think, with, with, with MTN is you know that they've got the new CEO. He stepped in earlier this year, I believe, Shooter. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a banker, and he's surrounded himself with other bankers. So what suddenly is the question about what remains core and what is non-core? In my question, that's what I'm wondering about MTN and what they're doing and where they're going. But that's that news. And then EOH, the IT company... Um, used to be run by uh, Asher Bobbitt. Um, let me get that name right. Yes. Um, they now said they've got a new CEO. The share was up 20% on Thursday. And yeah. all this just from a new CEO. <laughs> I don't think it's just because of a new CEO. You know they've had all these troubles. They've had um, allegations of corruption, big Amabugani, um investigations and stories being told about how there's a lot of corruption in the company. And the share basically has fallen Hugely, I mean, it, hmm. it was down like I don't know. You don't have the graph, do you? I didn't look up the graph. Let's no, see but it, how does, much it it's doesn't it's sound huge. good. No. Anyway, the share was up twenty percent. I don't think it was just the CEO. I think there was a short squeeze on the share, so people were basically short the share. Good news come in. The new CEO's name, Stephen von Koller. He's um. Where is so, he from? We've heard that name before. Have you? Do you recognize the name? Oh, okay, good. So. I wanted to say, I'm not sure if people know it, because obviously I know it, because I'm in the industry. He's ex-ABSA Corporate and Investment Banking. Yes. Um, then he was at MTN, and now he's at EOH. Okay. So he definitely has a good reputation. I think what people are betting on is that he wouldn't r- risk his reputation on a company that was going under, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So they, they, then suddenly there was renewed confidence in the, in the, the, the shares, you know, went up twenty yeah. percent. That's good news. There's another thread here, though, that worries me. Um, you know, the whole Bantu Holomisa allegations with the PIC and the fact yeah. that there's trouble and Harith Partners, which, quite frankly, 
uh, I mean, I, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. But Holomisa has also pointed at a company called Labashi Holdings, Investment Holdings, which happens to be EOH's BEE partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just, you, you know, that whole kind of tainted by the same brush has really not helped the situation. Well, the, the whole Gupta link, too, was part of the problem here. And yeah. people don't forget <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we've got to maybe pay more attention to Banto Holomisa in the next couple of months. He's he's the one who keeps outing these uh, bad bad players. All right. Uh, Steinhoff started trading above three rand a share. Can you believe that? Wow. I was waiting for it to go to one rand a what share. What was it at at its height? Oh goodness, it was a forty-five rand share before it started plummeting. Uh, it was much more than that before. So. Uh oh. No, it's down like 93%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's but it's above three rand a share. Well, what yeah, do you think is happening? 21% in what, the week. What's going on there? Um, so they came out that? with a story saying that their major creditors were willing to restructure their 9.4 billion euro debt. Um, so the banks and the private equity companies, most of them anyway, are saying, that's fine. We won't call out debt. We will give you an extension on payments. And all that does, and it's a little bit complicated because it's not Steinoff, just Steinoff directly. It's Steinoff Europe. It's um, their property business called Hemisphere. It's another U.S. business called Stripes. It, it, it's very convoluted. Mm-hmm. But based, the bottom line is Steinoff now get to trade as an ongoing entity, basically. That's all it is. And I think people are just saying, well, actually, guess what? This company is going to survive. So it went from, I don't know, one rand 22 weeks ago to yeah. over three rand, as you say. Sure. Now, let, that's a great segue for, for Christo Visser, right? Now let's talk about Christo Visser. <laughs> yeah, what about Christo Visser? He owes SARS, what, 217 million rand? Well, that's the claim. So Yo. SARS are saying, yeah. Yo. And this was front page of the Financial Mail this weekend. And, of course, you know, we all read the Financial Mail mag- magazine. Uh, it's an Amubangani story. And the story goes that ENS Africa, so Edward Nathan Sonnenberg's, the law firm. Yes. Uh, created a structure for Tallow Oil, which is a very well-known offshore oil company, um, to make them tax efficient. They then got rid of that. They, they no longer needed it. They sold this empty shell onto Christo Visa, um, allowed him to externalize money from it, through it. Um, the shell then got sold on to three ENS Africa representatives, and SARS have come back and said, whoa, you can't just do that. You can't just take an empty shell, put money in it, make profit in it, sell it to somebody else, take it offshore, and not give us our share of the money. Sure, well, it sounds, that sounds fair enough. I mean, I, I, so. I don't love tax, but it, those are the rules. So Christo Visa is saying, well, actually, no, that's not how it works. There was no tax benefit to his holding company, which is Titan. Um, this is all misleading, and he's taking legal advice on it. Mm. But it just gets more and more interesting, doesn't it? I mean, like everybody's looking for a villain here, you know. That's true. Hey? We're looking. For, we're but still I looking thought... because people got burnt by that Steinhoff thing, and now they're looking for someone who they can put in jail. But is Marcus Yester not enough of a villain? Where is Marcus Yester? Is he in uh, jail? Not yet. Well, shouldn't he be? I think they're still busy collecting evidence against him. See, this is where people get confused because they see the wheels of justice turn for murderers and. Those kind of people, but they don't see this happen with white collar criminals. They see it going a lot slower. They don't see the the same level of of uh, urgency. Well, hang on, because if 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 there's a murder, then there's evidence in a body. Yeah. If there's 
corporate shenanigans, it's very difficult to no, uncover the evidence. I and I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the smoking gun right. or, or the dead body. That's okay. what it is. Let's see what happens. But, yeah, he's not enough of a villain. We want more. Oh, dear. They're <laughs> vying for, for blood. I feel bad for Christo Visa because I think he's um, – yeah, I think he's also he's fallen victim to this as much as everybody because he's lost so. what a quarter or two thirds of his value. Two thirds, yeah. Two thirds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge. Shame, poor guy. Only right. a couple of billion left. <laughs> Shame. I know, terrible problem. All right, thanks, Anthea. There's lots to think about this morning. Very good, Anthea Gardner. The money shot every Monday morning at this time. We get to talk about the the money and what's going on in the money, and you can find out what. Uh, you know, you find out the answers to your questions. If you want to send them through to us, Gareth at cliffcentral.com. I'll forward them on to Anthea and we can address them next week, Monday. This is cliffcentral.com.